I mean, damn, $80,000 off. That sounds good. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Never fear change. Life is too short for fear. Chase what is desired. I can do this all day. Would you mind identifying what you are? We're the best friend squad. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Welcome to the rodeo. Ladies and gentlemen, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This is the way. I have spoken. Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanti Show. Will 2020 finally bring the Skiffy and Fanti R&B album that you've always wanted? No, it will not. I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Jen. And today we're doing looking back, moving forward, moving back, looking forward. It really doesn't matter which direction you read it because honestly, the eye is in the beholder. Time is wibbly wobbly. <laughs> Timey wimey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, we'll be talking about the stuff that we really enjoyed from last year. Uh, media, books, adventures, perhaps, and things we're looking forward to this year, which also may be media, books, and adventures we may or may not have. But first, I think we should get everybody the, you know, update on what's going on with Skiffy and Fanti, because that's one of the things that's happening in 2020. Yeah, so Jen's an asshole and has unilaterally decided sort of like, uh, you know, I don't know, like maybe whoever assassinated Franz Ferdinand, uh, in a very similar fashion, Jen has made a decision that we're just not going to be making any podcasts all year. Yeah, this is actually the last episode of the year. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing anything. Uh, and if we do, uh, I am to be shot in the back. I wouldn't shoot you in the back. I would stab <laughs> you straight in the eye. You would look me in the eye when you killed me. Of course you would. <laughs> You're not a sneaky murderer. You're just straight up to the face. Exactly. But that's not what we're really doing. Although no. there are some pretty big changes. And I'm going to start out by saying there's this thing called burnout. Is that real? I mean, the Mayo Clinic says that it's real. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah, so... If you ever go to the Mayo Clinic's like job burnout page and there's a list of questions that are on there, uh, Jen and I like by ourselves on our own went through that list and went, Oh, well, almost all of these apply. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it, I think it was, it, it sort of validated why we're making the changes, which is really about us and not really about anybody else. Uh, no. which is things are going to contract a little bit this year. Yes. Uh, and we're going to be doing some soul searching. Yes. Um, again, this is literally just about Sean and I and the fact that we, over the past few years, because of life and everything else, have burned out. It's not Skiffy and Fanti's fault. It's not our listeners' fault. It's nobody's fault. We love all of our team members. We love our fans. Um, but we also love ourselves. And ourselves are, well choking in misery no i'm kidding we're not really we just have a lot not going quite that on bad. it's not that, <laughs> that bad. makes it seem like oh I'm my kidding. god <laughs> i'm kidding it's not that bad Ooh. we just have a lot going on and you're gonna hear a little bit about that in over the course of this episode probably um but basically what's gonna happen is as sean said we're contracting a little bit there's gonna be fewer episodes per month there will be four going live it's just back to the Skiffy and Fanti show, although we're switching up our formats to basically doing whatever the hell we feel like in a given week. 
That might be reading a book, which we will be doing in the next month or so. That might be watching a movie, which actually we just did. That might be, I don't know. Talking uh, about a thing. Talking about our favorite popsicle flavors. Sure, that, that seems very skiffy related. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fancy related. That's uh, <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. yeah, Frozen, after all. Yeah. Exactly. Frozen 3, the popsicle ex- escavades. <laughs> You will still be hearing from some of the other members of the Skiffy and Fanti team over the course of the year, but they will be taking a sort of reduced role overall, um, basically just because our schedule, Sean and I, are much more hectic than they used to be, and this is just kind of allowing us to streamline things and reduce sort of our total workload. Um, so look forward to that or don't look forward to that. That's up to you. You might hate us officially after this announcement. That's I don't think so. your prerogative, I guess. And I hope you stick around. Um, we will be making this announcement also over on our Patreon. And if you want to like support us keeping this up despite burnout, maybe go over to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. Uh, there's some new things over there that you can go check out yourself. Um, but in the meantime, we do hope that you stick around to see what we have going for us. We just get let I, I am responsible for everything. Everything is my fault. We have different reasons for why we're where we are and they aren't and they're not connected necessarily to any, anything that we share. And the podcast is. I would say, like, the podcast is suffering because of the reasons why we have burnout. And that's making us want to reevaluate why we do this, not because we don't think the podcast matters in some way, but because we need it to have different meaning for ourselves. Exactly. And so it needs it needs to be more, I don't know, we're just, like, t- Torture Cinema is still going to be Torture Cinema. Yep. We're just doing fewer episodes. We're probably going to play around more. Yep. And do less of the, we need to do X, Y, and Z at A, B, and C times and do this and this and we got to cover this and we got to do this because we're, we need this, like, basically the way I've been t- telling people is we are, instead of thinking about a big grand mission of like some big infamous goal of where we want the podcast to end up. That is, I would largely say market oriented. We're thinking more of a big old mission that is more personal oriented. And that will involve some of the crew that, that they're not just disappearing. It just means there's going to be a different focus for how we do things. We're still going to do probably some of the stuff you're used to. There's probably going to be a lot more squee. I think that that's going to end up happening. It's probably like we're doing another Mandalorian episode. It's just going to be literally an hour of Jen talking about Yodito. Yeah. Uh, so I think you can expect that. And you might see more conversation about things. Uh, us playing around with formats. Maybe doing something we've never done before. Having a little bit more fun. Thinking about what, why we want to do a podcast. Especially given that this is our 10th year. Uh, yeah oh my goodness you forgot to mention that this is our 10th year whoa this year marks the 10 year anniversary of this podcast it's we didn't plan it that this would be the year we'd make changes but i guess after 10 years you do make adjustments yeah i think you got us sometimes i think i think folks are going to appreciate it i think i don't think it's gonna it sounds we're we're i think we're mostly just worried that you all hate us (laughs) please don't hate us because we love you 
Maybe you already hate us. I don't know why you're even listening to this podcast. Yeah, the many, because yeah, they keep nominating <laughs> us for stuff, and it's just because they despise our despise guts. Despise our guts, exactly. So, we love you all. Yeah, that's kind of it. But do support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash You know, that does help us. It also gives you, like, a nice outlet to talk to us about things that you like um mm-hmm. instead of you know sending us a, just a straight email which sometimes they can get kind of lost in the mix yeah never send us emails they always get lost in the mix <laughs> tweets however tweets are pretty good that's a that's tweets, a good all of that yeah. yeah those are those we can handle <laughs> <laughs> we can't handle anything jen no, we, we are really a mess can't. we are a hot mess y'all hot mess yeah so anyway, that's kind of what's going on. It's really not as it sounds more scary when Jen talks about it than it probably actually is. Doom. Some of you have been around since like, you know, eight years ago when Jen more or less sort of took over in Adam's role. I took over we, ten years ago. You know that, right? Yeah, no, I literally was did. Adam. No, in the very beginning, you I don't have recognize those episodes. Abs- They're not abs- real. <laughs> ten years ago. Ten years ago, I even have my anniversary date. We will be dropping Jesus. an episode. And it is this year. So, suck it, uh, Duke. Ten years. Maybe we should quit, because I don't know if I want to do this for any more time with you. <laughs> but, like, some folks have been here really pretty close to the beginning, right? Yeah. And it's not going to be a big change for them. It just means that there won't be 19,000 episodes in a month. Yeah, and you know, I should have seen this coming when a couple years ago we did a a whole survey and someone was like, you're diluting your brand. And I don't necessarily agree that we were diluting our brand, but what I will say is we were diluting our ability to function. Yep, I, that's really what it comes down to. This is, I think we're just, it's just personal. We just need to like think about what we can reasonably do as ourselves. Like, you know, we're like the only podcast in which there's basically one editor at the moment that it does as much content as we do. Yeah, we're idiots. Like, I mean, other than like a professional podcast where that person's like being paid like, you know, 80 grand or whatever. And they're probably making like $9 an hour, but whatever. Dude, where is that job? Uh, they don't exist, Jen. God, I need that $80,000 job. That sounds good. <laughs> that would be nice. I don't know. It is it is what it is. It's just, it's going to be a change and there's just going to be, it's going to be a little different this year because it's, we're going to be doing a lot more of trying to figure out ourselves. Yep. And trying our best to have fun while doing it. Yes. And now that we've said the same thing, essentially, on repeat <laughs> Nine for times. the past <laughs> 10 minutes. I'm trying to make them not feel scared. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get into looking back, moving forward? Yay! Woo, so we woo. had a whole year. We were Hugo nominated again, finalists, which was nice. Thank you all. Oh my god, that should probably be our random thing that we're super excited about. I, I forgot about it. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, I can see how much this podcast means to you, Jen. No, like it was a huge deal, and then we lost, and that sucked. And but I don't know. There's just been last year was like on some uh, in some ways. Obviously, you and I burned out, but in other ways, it was an amazing year for the Skiffy and Fanti show, and it was very, very cool going to Dublin. So, well, it was. It was a pretty big year. 
so the whole premise of the show is we obviously talk about the things that we really enjoyed last year and the things that we are literally looking forward to this year. And kind of to get us started on that journey, Jen, we're going to start with our media picks. <gasps> and let's start by going uh, with what you really enjoyed from last year. What is your media pick from last year, Jen? Surprising literally nobody. Mandalorian! Oh, interesting, interesting choice. Interesting choice? Like, that's that's surprising to you? You're surprised? Well, that's my pick? I wasn't going to pick it because it, it was going to be my pick for next year when we do it for this year. Because <laughs> it finished this year for season one. <laughs> no, season one technically finished last year. No, it's yeah. still, it still releasing, wasn't it? Mm-mm, no. I was it, in Vietnam, so whatever. You were, you were gone, so you didn't get to see it in December, but I'm pretty sure that the last episode released in December. Uh, but still, it came out last year, um, and most of it was last year, so I'm pretty sure I'm right. You're right. You're right. It all released last year. Yeah. Mandalorian was such a breath of fresh air, both in terms of the Star Wars universe and media empire, and just as a TV show, that it absolutely reinvigorated my love of both of those things in a lot of ways. It's just such a sublimely satisfying TV series. And obviously, I'm super excited about season two. But yeah, like that was it may have come at the very end of the year. And I saw a lot of TV shows last year. But it absolutely took all their places when it came out. And I was thinking about what was my favorite thing. Um, So yeah, I have to go with the Mandalorian. It's just it's a great piece of television. And it's a great piece of Star Wars. Well, I agree. It is a great piece of everything. Yes. And you'll obviously hear more about that when we talk about Mondo that hopefully will be coming out next month in February. So In February. Yeah. So because we're, we're talking about the rest of the series, because we did a pre an impromptu episode on the first three episodes of The Mandalorian because Jen needed it. <laughs> I needed it. But now we're going to fit. We're going to wrap that up because so much happened. And it's just, you know, we, we have it's to a fantastic it. and show. We love it. We love it. And we just want to talk about things that we love. Yep, absolutely. Well, I guess I'll go to my pick then. Yes, indeed. Please. So I had not considered Mandalorian. And since I want to be different from you anyway, I won't just say the Mandalorian, even though I agree. <laughs> uh, and I hadn't considered it because I didn't realize until we literally just talked that technically it did in fact finish last year. And I just didn't get to it till 2020. What? Because I'm a, I'm an, I was, well, I was with a woman. That's so. okay. You can say season four of The Expanse. But I haven't got to season four of The Expanse because I just discovered The Expanse. Like, I knew it was there and people said it was good, but I, I have been binging The Expanse this week and I am like, it is so hooked. good. I am like hooked on phonics, hooked. Yeah. Okay. But we'll, we'll talk about The Expanse some other time. Um, Absolutely. Maybe after season five, we can do a whole Expanse episode because I love it too. <gasps> Great. I, I would love to, but my pick is actually going to be Captain Marvel. And you know, and the reason for that is was it wasn't a perfect film. It had its flaws, and most I think a lot of people talked a lot about what are the flaws of the film. But I think for me, we you know I had been wanting for so long for there to be a female lead as the, the like as the lead of the, their own movie, 
Yeah. And in the MCU, and Captain Marvel happened to be the first one, even though it should have been Black Widow a long time ago. Uh, and I absolutely fucking love Captain Marvel, like, as a comic book character. So when I, that was announced, like, as close to peeing your pants squee as I could get, uh, without, act, you know, actually wetting myself. I absolutely adored Captain Marvel. I loved the, almost everything about it. The, the casting choices are great. Sam Jackson. Mm, can't see me. I'm doing the like Italian, like chef's kiss. Thing. Yeah. We get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that. Uh, I love that. I love the little switcheroo, like where we expect one alien race to have been the bad guy and yeah. then it turned out, wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, yep, I yep, love yep. all of that framing. Uh, I thought that overall that film was really fantastic. And I think it, the fact that it was successful is super important. And I was really excited about that because we needed a female superhero that fit into the MCU and wasn't just a side character, wasn't Scarlet Witch or Black Widow, who is important, but is sort of sidelined compared to a lot of the, the male characters. This was a character that I thought was great, because now I could think, like, if I ever have daughters, like, this is, hey, check this out, like, Captain Marvel, and they're going to be, like, dressing up and, like, running around going pew pew with their hands. It'd be great. So, fantastic pick. I love it. I absolutely 100% agree. That was one of my top films for last year, for sure. And I am super excited about seeing the second Captain Marvel movie because she kicks butt. She is pretty cool. I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do with her character because she is a little bit of a Superman-y type character in terms of like power. She is. I want them to. I want them to figure out how to do that in a way that doesn't make me want to go to sleep. Because I find Superman super boring. Oh, I love him, obviously, but I think it's going to help that she primarily is not actually working on Earth. She's working on galactic issues. Um, Perfect. Which yeah. presumably have more superhero-y type baddies to deal with more thanoses and whatnot so i'm hoping that's kind of the the way that they decide to go so it's a little bit more guardians of the galaxy than it is the avengers essentially um not in terms of team but in terms of setting perfect that 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 would be fine for me i just don't want them to do the thing where it's just well as long as she just shoots it a lot more than it, she just wins or whatever. Yeah. Because no, I, no, no. I want them to really, uh, this is why I like Marvel a lot more than I like DC. It, DC is great. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate DC. Uh, but I love Marvel because they often focus on character. Yeah. And about them as people less than the powers. Like the powers are important and they can affect their people, the, their peopleness. Uh, but it's always about like who they are. And that, that's part of why I love Captain Marvel because it, it was that story. Of like someone finding out the person they think they are isn't who they really are. The person they, they have to like make that decision, right? Captain Marvel has to make a decision about which person she's going to be. And I'm hoping that we continue more with the refugee storyline because yeah. that was really one of the best aspects of the Captain Marvel film that made it so interesting to me. So, so cool. Did you see the new Spider-Man? I have not yet. So, okay. So I'll say shut nothing. up. Then. Okay. Key. Zip it. That stuff. All right. It's a movie. I mean, <laughs> you know, it has a runtime. Yeah, it it does. There are people in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, so yep. let's let's um, get to our what's print. What's his name is is still playing Spider Man. <sighs> yeah. You okay. Know. Yeah. Let's get to our print because we're already going <laughs> long. All right. So my print pick for last year, I overall didn't read a lot. Like I think everybody knows, and I've talked about it before that. 
uh, in burning out on Skiffy and Fancy, I was also kind of burning out on just reading in general. I and mean, that's been building for quite a few years. And I know you, Duke, are having the same problem. I've been struggling since since grad school. Right, exactly. But I did get to read some fabulous books for Skiffy and Fancy. And the one that I picked, and trust me, this was a difficult pick because I did read some really amazing books last year. But the one that just kind of like tore my heart out and then stomped on it a lot and was also doing exactly the types of things that I loved about stories when I was a kid was The Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. Yeah. Obviously, it's a portal fantasy. I think that's been well established. It is about doors, you know, so there you go. Um, But I think it really spun the concept of portal fantasies around to a different angle. Um, And I just really loved that aspect of it. And Alex E. Harrow just did a fantastic job of really evoking some both gorgeous scenes and evocative characters. And yeah, it was it was a page turner for me. Um, I'm going to give you like the basic what it was about really quick, um, just so you know, and then you know that you should go buy it. So in the early 1900s, a young woman embarks on a fantastical journey of self-discovery after finding a mysterious book in this captivating and lyrical debut. In a sprawling mansion filled with peculiar treasures, January Scholar is a curiosity herself. As the ward of the wealthy Mr. Locke, she feels little different from the artifacts that decorate the halls, carefully maintained, largely ignored, and utterly out of place. Then she finds a strange book, a book that carries the scent of other worlds and tells this tale of secret doors of love, adventure, and danger. Each page turn reveals impossible truths about the world, and January discovers a story increasingly entwined with her own. This is about a biracial character, and though Alex Harrow is herself white, I think it did a very good job, and she did a very good job. She's a post-colonial scholar herself of um really exploring the effects of what the effects might have been on a biracial ward in the early 1900s and when you i say that when the description says that there's little difference from the artifacts that decorate the halls that is truer than one might think this deals with you know stealing uh artifacts from indigenous cultures uh it deals with colonization it deals with who has power uh, it's just a great book and i really think everybody should go read it fantastic yeah well great and did we do we did like a whole podcast on it or whatever right we did we interviewed alex uh last year and it is a great interview and i think everybody should go read it paul and i did that and it was lots of fun Awesome. Well, then my pick from last year probably won't surprise you, Jen, given what my academic interest is, uh, which is Cadwell Turnbull's The Lesson, which is totally your fault because you were like, who are my two Caribbean people? Uh, and, and in that respect, people interested in the the, the Caribbean, which would be me and Brandon O'Brien. Uh, he's actually from the Caribbean, and I am not. I just study it a little bit. Uh, and so you put us on a podcast with Cadwell for an interview. We read it, and it was a really fabulous interview. And the book is absolutely delightful. Uh, it is a book about um, aliens coming to the U.S. and sort of parking themselves over the U.S. Virgin Islands. And it's the sort of consequences of that 
for the the people that live there of like dealing with alien contact and cultural differences and some mystery and things like that. It's really interesting as a book because typically when these stories happen, aliens always land in places like New York or Washington, D.C. or Mm -hmm. London or big old uh, colonial era cities. uh, And they don't typically land over, you know, small islands in the Caribbean. And this book deals with that. It deals with the sort of personal consequences. And it's absolutely a phenomenal read. I recommend you check it out. I pretty much like every major place that's reviewed it is like it's it's a must read book. And I agree it is. And that's a debut for Cadwell as well, isn't it? Uh, debut novel, but he has, he has written short stories and other things that have been published. Uh, and I am told, I was told by Brandon that uh, they were very good short stories. I just had not read them at the time so right and uh obviously i just picked a book by an author that literally won a hugo award for her short story so uh there's something to be said for writing short stories people yeah it's apparently a thing that can sometimes happen that gets you awards (laughs) who'd have thunk it (laughs) who'd have thunk it that's so weird all right shall we do our random Random thing. So what's random one things. random thing for you, Jen, from last year? I cannot do one random thing. Obviously. Well, you only get one. Well, shoot. Okay, well, then I'm going to go with um, something that um, is, I think, it is partially responsible for the burnout on Skippy and Panty, but um, you also... Bastard. I know. Also <laughs> was... Just an incredible opportunity for me and continues to enrich my life. And that is that I started working for Book Riot, Riot New Media, as a podcast editor and getting paid. And that means that I can finally afford to, like, do things in my life, like pay bills and stuff. Imagine that. It's so weird. Um, Drink expensive (laughs) beer? Does that, do you do that too? I still don't really drink expensive beer that often. No. Wine? I don't drink that often. Are you, are you, like, getting really expensive champagne and, like, crystal glasses? Uh, no, but Aldi oh. has these adorable champagne sorbet thingies <laughs> that are in little pat plastic like champagne flutes, and then you eat the sorbet, and it's delicious. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> that's the closest I get to champagne flutes. Perfect. So, but yeah, it's been a really rewarding experience. I'm learning a lot about editing, but it does mean that unfortunately I have less time to spend on things like Skipping Fanty Show. Um, so I've had to find balance, and it's just it. You know, I wanted to acknowledge both that it has been an amazing opportunity, but also that it is something that really affected how much time I've been able to spend at Skiffy and Fanti. So, you know, such is life. Such is life. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Uh, since you went with one that doesn't make the fans actually feel good about themselves, I'm going to pick that one. Oh, fine. Uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of things that happened last year that I could pick, uh, but I'm going to obviously go with the fact that, uh, A, we got nominated again for a Hugo Award. Thank you all very much for Sweet. that. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's really nice to receive that and know that our fans want us to be up for that, even if we don't always... Or, or never have one. <laughs> I was going to say, don't always win. And I was like, wait, we never won. <laughs> to be fair, it's only happened twice uh, because the other time we would have been up, uh, we got bumped off by 
assholes. Uh, so, uh, so that, but also the fact that, uh, a lot of us got to go to Worldcon in Dublin, which fantastic because we got to meet some of our Irish fans and you all are fabulous and delightful and beautiful. And we also got a number of the crew to hang out and Linnea, uh, on YouTube. And it was really cool to like get to see everybody. Like uh, Jen and I hadn't seen each other in person in years up to no, that point. We hadn't. I oh my hadn't. God. Well, when did, when did we meet before then? Had we? We hadn't, right? Hadn't met what? In like a, like years, right? I, the last time I remember seeing you was in California. You came out to visit in Hollister. It wasn't in Hollister. Um, I think that was the last time because it couldn't have been San Antonio. It was sometime after. No, because I no no yeah because oh, oh my god doesn't matter. Look long enough that we can't remember when it was. We literally can't remember. Yeah. and then we got to meet other people that either Jen uh, had never met in person or who I hadn't because I'd met some of the people who were there like Julia and Alex and stuff. Uh, but there were others that like I'd never met Trish in person. Yeah, I didn't either. Trish is the most delightful person. Obviously, neither you nor I had met Brandon in person, which was really cool. No, I'd met Brandon before. Oh, you had? I had not. Yeah, he was, uh, I was at a convention. I think it was the, um, Helsinki World Con. Oh. But it might have been oh, a different one. Yes, 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 of course. And then I got to, uh, take Eden Royce and her husband along with us to the Hugo right. Award ceremonies, which that was, was very sweet. an absolute honor to have them along with us because they're amazing people. Yeah, we met a lot of people. I met um, Run Along Wombo. I met all of these folks. There are way too many people that I can remember who I met, and I apologize if you're one of them, and I don't mention your name right now because, like, it was in August, oh, yeah. and, yeah. Dublin uh, brain? It is a thing. A little bit, yeah. But I met quite a lot of people, uh, numbers of them, and people where I was like, you look really familiar, and then I look at the name tag and went, what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> and then I would go, oh my god, it's you! Uh, and I met so many people that way, and it was really great. And this is one of the reasons I love international conventions, is because we do have quite a lot of international fans, and, you know, we don't normally see them on this side of, of the world. And so it's just nice to kind of go and then realize, oh my god, there's a fan, or there's a person I talk to all the time on Twitter that are all over the world, and I just have a blast with that stuff. Even if at the same time, you know, we, we're... Str- a little bit stressed and there's a lot going on and it can be a little overwhelming at times it still really feels good when people are like oh like oh you're sean we hang out and talk on the twitters or like i really love your podcast and i'm going oh my son's so sweet and yeah so anyway it was all nice and also we were nominated for here you go again and that was amazing uh it was really nice so thank thank you again everybody who voted for us really 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 appreciate it it's I think Jen and I will both agree that uh, when you're having a year that's emotionally difficult to have those like little moments of validation, like mean an absolute fuck ton. And that was a big moment of validation. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So it, it really helped. And I think that's why bur- when we were talking burnout earlier, that's probably why the burnout didn't lead us to we're just going to stop. I think that that's stuff like that was a realization that we're on. We need to just do ourselves a bit more and, and figure things out. Indeed. So that then brings us to 2020. Yeah, what are we looking forward to? Moving forward, looking forward, all of those things forward into the year that is 2020. Um, I'm going to say I'm looking forward to hopefully somebody getting uh, either completely impeached out of, you know, 
you know, well, that, that's that, that going to happen. No, but um, also him just, you know, getting elected out of office, you know, like that's the one I'm and, hoping for. The, yeah, that, that would be cool. But that's not. Uh, is that a random? Is that both our randoms? That's both our randoms. No, sanity that's, returns that's to the Oval Office. Duke and Zink do America. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> mini episode of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. There are days when I wish we still did that because just so we could ramble nonsense about politics because. At this point, we could do that show, and we wouldn't even need to know what we're talking about, because who the fuck knows what's going on anyway? We could just, well, I mean, we'd be as good as Fox, at least. (laughs) Yeah, but we wouldn't pretend that we're fair and balanced. That's the difference. We would just be like, we're not balanced, and we're not fair, and we don't give a shit. (laughs) And we're not balanced, and we also don't know what we're talking about. Yep, straight up. Exactly. All right. So uh, my media thing that I am actually looking forward to in 2020 is Picard. Oh, that's right. Picard. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see? I have have not. I I saw the clip that Guinan is coming back for season two. So that's exciting. But that's 2021. I know. But like, isn't it so it's like the sweetest, most wholesome thing ever. It was sweet and wholesome and also so important to hear that. And it, it honestly made me more excited about the first season of Picard yeah. because it means that I have that to look forward to in season two. Um, so if you've been living under a rock, Picard is obviously the return of Jean-Luc Picard to the Star Trek universe. Um, and I'm really fascinated to see how this plays out. Um, it apparently, is chronologically actually incorporating uh the timeline of the rebooted Star Trek movies too, which is really interesting. So um I don't know if people remember Star Trek Nemesis, but at the end of that, Data dies. Um and then that was the last big next generation film that came out many, many years ago now, 2003, something like that. Can't remember. Um and then in the Star Trek reboots, Romulus is destroyed about 10 years after the events of Star Trek Nemesis. So this is a Picard 20 years, 20 years after he's um, retired from everything. And the last time he was doing something, he was uh, evacuating refugees from Romulus. So... I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And obviously, I think everybody loves Sir Pat Stew because he's amazing. He is a gift. He is a gift. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the fan service um, because I just, you know, I, I love me some fan service sometimes. And then seeing how they develop the world beyond the fan service. So that's exciting to me. And uh, I have not signed up for it yet. But I will be because I'm a sucker. That's fantastic, Jen. Thank you. Well, guess what mine is? What? I am so stoked for Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> I know this is it's a it's an actual sequel, so it's not a proper reboot. Right? Yeah, it's a yeah, soft yeah. Boot. <laughs> and it and both actors are deciding they have come back. Right, Keanu Reeves will reprise his role. The film is going to deal with them as middle aged people. Yeah, and. I I don't really know much about that uh, past that because I just don't care because the second that those two did like a little spot on their the Twitter account for Bill and Ted three like it's happening I was like holy shit everything is going to be okay 
I do know that Samara Weaving, Hugo Weaving's niece, I believe, um, who was in the fantastic uh, Ready or Not just recently, and has also obviously been in a few other things since then, probably. She had like a kind of a big year last year. Um, she is playing... B- their daughter, Bill and Joanna's daughter. Bill and Joanna's daughter. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, one of their daughters. Which one's blonde again? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Alex Wintered, a.k.a. Bill Preston. Yes. Thank you. So that that's, will be, that'll be cool. Come on, Jen. Like, you totally got to go down to the quad. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. We're going to be in a rock band, Jen. We're called the Twisted Slayers. Yeah. Well, apparently I'm going to have to rewatch the old Bill and Ted movies because I've forgotten 99% of them. Don't, don't worry, because I totally just made all of what I just said. Yeah, up, so. I'm pretty sure. And aren't, aren't they the Wild Stallions? <laughs> yeah, they're the Wild Stallions. Yeah, I was, okay. But that was you and I. We're going to be in, in a different band. We can't be in the Wild Stallions. We're just copycats, Jen. Come yeah, on, but Jen. I thought Duh. we were releasing an R&B album, so... I know, but now we're doing... A rock album, okay? Like, totally, dude. Like, it's gonna be Megalicious, yo. Yeah. Megalicious. Okay, now you're just literally making words up. <laughs> but that's what Bill and Ted would do. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, no. I'm just gonna go with no. Look, we're gonna go find Aristotle and totally be friends with him. <laughs> All right, are, are you done with your shtick? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so excited. I don't even care if it's good. I don't care. I just can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be terrible, and that's going to be okay, because that's kind of what Bill and Ted are. Right? Right? <laughs> and sadly, since George Carlin's dead, like, I know. you know, it just makes everything a little bit sad. They're using archival footage from the first two films for him. Oh, that'll be, I mean, I actually don't mind that in the slightest. Uh, I know a lot of people do have an issue with that, but I mean, I have an issue with that if they're not paying his estate, but if they are and the estate agreed to it. I don't think Keanu Reeves would do the movie if, if they weren't paying Carlin's estate. I, I would hope not. Anyway, uh, shall we move on to? Yep. Yep. Move on to book. Book. What's your book? Uh, My book is Storm Song. By C.L. Polk. This is the Kingston Cycle Book 2. The first one was Witchmark, which was up for all kinds of rewards last year because it is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to give you like a brief overview of Witchmark because it was kind of, it was a really fascinating um, take on sort of urban fantasy, almost. Almost. Um... So, in an original world reminiscent of Edwardian England in the shadow of a world war, cabals of noble families use their unique magical gifts to control the fates of nations while young one young man seeks only to live a life of his own. So, Miles Singer is a doctor that is dealing with patients who have uh, various injuries and PTSD, which... You know, obviously, after World War One, we were just calling shell shock. And in this book, I think they have a different name for it. But this is who he's dealing with as a doctor. And he's also hiding from his family, because if he wasn't, he would be forced to use his power in their benefit to their benefit. And he doesn't particularly want to because he wants to be free. 
And then over the, over the course of the book, he meets a hot fairy uh, dude named Tristan. And um, yeah, lots of stuff happens. And I was not expecting any of it. Like on one hand, oh, and there's also like an amazing like bicycle chase, just FYI. Um, we interviewed uh, CL Polk last year, I want to say, or in 2018. I can't remember which, but I really, 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 really loved this book. It was absolutely refreshing and did things like i said that i was absolutely not expecting within the sort of expected framework of the type of story she seemed to be telling um the setting was really brilliant too like a post-world war one fantasy world like well done the second book that's coming out this year storm song follows his sister the main character's sister uh, Dame Grace Hensley. So in the last book, I'm not going to spoil anything, but she was the one that he was kind of running from throughout the the first book because there's this whole thing where you're basically strapped to the most powerful person in your family um, and they get to use your power, um, which is part of the reason that Miles in the last book was not cool with that. Um, but in this one, we follow her and I'm hoping, and it looks like there's going to be another queer uh, romance within this book, and I'm just excited to see how Sail Polk deals with a female protagonist this time. Um, and I'm I'm excited about exploring the world that she's created even more because, yeah, some big, 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 big stuff happens at the end of Witchmark that I'm not going to spoil. So yeah, that's my uh, my 2020. I'm looking forward to book. I almost thought you were going to sing some Smash Mouth right then. Somebody once told me the world was good. Is that that a part of our next album? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a cover of Smash Mouth. (laughs) Uh, Hey now, you're an all-star. I don't know the lyrics. Sorry, but yeah, cool. Sounds good. Great, Jen. It sounds great. My pick, uh, is, it's really tough for me to pick books because I'm, like Jen, I've had some real struggles with trying to get back into reading for different read- reasons, but one of my favorite authors has a new book coming out. It is Jeff Vandermeer's A Peculiar, Peculiar Peril, The Misadventures of, of, uh, Jonathan Lampshed. And, this uh, is I'll, a YA, isn't it? I, it, the way it sounds, that's what it sounds like. I think it is because I've, I've heard it a little bit about it on the grapevine so ooh, yeah and i i guess i'll since we're doing the reading the blurb thingy i will read the synopsis which is as follows jonathan lambshed stands to inherit his deceased grandfather's overstuffed mansion a veritable cabinet of curiosities once he and his schoolmates catalog its contents but the three soon discover that the house is filled with far more than just oddities. It holds clues linking to an alt-earth called Aurora, where the notorious English occultist Alistair Crowley has stormed back to life on a magic-fueled rampage across a surreal, through-the-looking-glass version of Europe, replete with talking animals and vegetables. <laughs> talking vegetables. What? It's always gotta be fucking weird with, with Jeff. It's, his books are always like, what can I do to make this weird? Talking carrots. Yeah. <laughs> It's not over. I'm not done. <laughs> Alistair Crowley coming back to life? I am digging this. In an altar. Yeah. And then swept into encounters with allies more unpredictable than enemies. Jonathan pieces together his destiny as a member of a secret society devoted to keeping our world separate from Aurora. 
But as the ground shifts and allegiances change with every step, he and his friends sink ever deeper into a deadly pursuit of the profound evil that is also chasing after them. Dun, dun. Dawn. Dawn, dawn, dawn. Yeah, that's an appropriate ending to that. That sounds super exciting. And it's Jeff Vandermeer, so it'll be strange. It'll be probably full of some really interesting, like, environmental references because he's always pulling, like, weird Florida shit into his books. Right. I've never actually read Jeff Vandermeer. Some of his stuff is like, it, it feels like you aren't on Earth. Until you realize he's just talking about Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, like uh, the, his Southern Reach trilogy, which is one that the, they turned the first book, Annihilation, into that film, Annihilation, with uh, Natalie Portman and others. Um, uh, that book series is, in a lot of ways, inspired by the St. Mark's, um, uh, like, uh, like, conservation zone or whatever the official title is, like a park. It's like a state park. Uh, I've been there. It's a beautiful area, but, like, uh, I, when I talked to him about it, he was like, yeah, it was just, like, wandering around in, uh, like, these trails, and, like, you just experience weird shit. Like, one day, there'd just be, like, a family of otters, and, like, they would just sit there and play while you, like, watch them do that. And then the other day, some weird-ass animal would, like, go across, and then there'd be, like, fucking weird birds. And then, like, he probably at some point was like, also, the, the trees started talking to me, and then I started playing chess with an oak. And, like, yeah, so... Uh, it's just everything, when you live in Florida, the natural world just gets even stranger, because Florida is, it is where the earth, like, all the rules of nature just stop functioning like normal. I was not aware of that, and I'm still not visiting Florida. It's actually really cool, but (laughs) only if you go just for the visiting purpose. I don't necessarily think living there's a great idea, uh, for some people. I think some people do great there. I think if you really- Obviously the Vandermeers love it, so- yeah, and they and they post lots of pictures on uh, Jeff Vandermeer does on his Twitter page of uh, all of the like uh, birds and stuff. He's really into his birds. He's got these beautiful birds in his backyard, wild birds, and it's really cool. Neat. So yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, the book is going to be. It sounds like a lot of fun, and it does. Yeah, so I recommend it, and I just recommend all of Jeff Vandermeer's work. His work is really exceptional. Well, maybe I will start with this one. Yeah, I think this will be a good entry for you because it it is does read like a YA. So. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is his his YA debut. Great. Then it'll be perfect for you because that's kind of like your jam. You've been reading a lot more YA and chat books and stuff, so. I have because, I don't know, they just, um yeah, uh, they require less brain power and are also more interesting than a lot of adult fare these days. <laughs> Sorry, adults. Uh, no insult to adult fiction. Except I just totally insulted adult fiction. So. I I've been read I've read some some chat books and stuff and I and like you know I was doing some stuff for the YouTube channel when we were doing that uh, and and I found that probably for me it was just easier to escape because I'm not I'm not nine right and so it to is. like sort of put myself in that mindset and like just kind of let yourself like you can't really be an adult reading about nine year olds like having adventures on flying carpets like. At that point, you just sort of have to surrender yourself to it. And I, I found that that was a little bit of a release compared to a, like a lot of adult fiction, which I love, it tends to be about subjects that I'm already thinking about, just, you know, in their own unique way. And so I don't always get the escape. And I think sometimes reading should be an escape. So I agree, especially when you're burned out like we are. Yeah. And I, I really want a magic carpet like really bad. Yeah. I hear that. Okay. So our random thing for 2020. 
I'm going to go with the impending move into my brand new house. With the murder room. Ooh, with the murder room that I'm yeah, not in the actually. Basement. Yeah, apparently we have a murder room in our basement, which, I've you seen know, it. I've yeah, seen it's, it. It's, it's, it's a basement, so therefore it must have a murder room. Um, It does have the outline of, like, a penis on the wall, for sure. <laughs> so wow. there's that. Okay, it's not a murder room anymore. It's a sex room. <laughs> it's, it's actually supposed to be like the outline of scissors because, like, it's one of those tool walls that you like put your tools on, and then to make oh, sure Jesus. that you know where they they go, you do an outline. Unfortunately, it turns out that the outline of scissors <laughs> looks remarkably like a penis. Yeah, Jen. Yeah, you could have <laughs> known that if you had just written it on a piece of paper first. I didn't draw it. It wasn't me. Not me didn't do that you're silly i'm just letting you know that we're moving into a house that already had a penis on the wall oh okay so you didn't put it there Got i did it. not add the penis to the wall. probably for the best jen that uh that might be why the house was as reasonable as it was uh, it very well could be but uh i'm very excited it's almost two acres here um obviously one of the big 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 things that happened last year was i decided to and with my husband obviously he agreed uh to move myself from colorado to upstate new york so that's where we are now and i love it here so far uh although i have not had the brutal horrifying hellscape of a winter that everybody promised so what's up with that um, but yeah, so we're going to be moving into our new house and I'm going to be doing a lot of gardening and painting and other things like that. And that's one of the other things that made it so that this year I just kind of had to take a step back from the intense schedule that we've had ourselves in the past. So, but I'm really, really, really excited. And it's going to be, I finally have a sort of dedicated and quiet place to record podcasts. Finally. Finally. Yes. Finally. So yeah, that's my thing. Well, that's great, Jen. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm excited. It's hopefully going to be our forever home. I say that now, and in five years, I'll move again. But you know, you'll move to like eastern Montana. No, we keep moving east, so I'm pretty sure we're going to end up in the Falkland either, Islands. Either, yeah, <laughs> like, like what's halfway between here and the United Kingdom? Uh, there's a set of islands in the, in the middle of there, but I can't, I can't remember. Well, there's the, name. the Azores. We could just move to the Azores, but somewhere north, Iceland. That's where we're moving next. Sure, that's one thing you could do. <laughs> All right. So what's what's your random 2020 thing? Well, uh, I have a bit of news, which you already know, but folks on here may not know, which is that I am officially a candidate for the 2020 Down Under Fan Fund, which sends one North American fan to Australasia, specifically to Con Zealand in New Zealand, where uh, this year's Worldcon is happening. Now, in order for me to actually go, I need to win the vote. <laughs> and so what I, my thing is a, is really a hopeful thing, which is that since I'm a candidate, I'd really like people to vote for me and uh, donate $5 or more to Duff so that I can beat the people who have five times as many uh, Twitter followers as I do. Uh, yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. So uh, all that information is really easy to find. If you just go to downunderfanfund.wordpress.com, we'll also put a link directly to the Duff ballot in our uh, show notes for this episode. 
Uh, I honestly, I could use all the support. All the only rules are you you have to be a fan and uh donate at least five dollars with your ballot. I did. There, yeah, there is ranked voting, so you you know if you like me the most or if you like me the least, you can put me first or last. Uh, I I don't know why you would do me like that, but okay, <laughs> I understand. Uh, but yeah, so there are, there are a lot of other great folks. And so maybe if they, if we just donate like $8 trillion, they'll just let all of us go. I doubt it, but you know, that's a dream. Um, but all the platforms are up on the document. You know, I plan to do actually make a bunch of podcasts and sort of keep building on those connections I made in the world SF tour in 2014. Uh, I'd like to keep doing that and build deeper connections with, you know, Kiwi and Aussie fans. And that's my goal. So you can read all about that. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I obviously voted for you because I love you. I was also one of your nominators because, you know, I'm cool like that. Well, I expect all my nominators to vote for me. Like, <laughs> Well, I didn't have to. <laughs> no, you didn't. You could have sabotaged me. Yeah. My, my hope is, like, there's basically no way I'm going to New Zealand for Worldcon this year because I have a girlfriend who also lives on the other side of the world. And financially, I can't, I can't afford to do both. And That's true. No offense, but my girlfriend gives me hugs, and as much as I'm sure some of the folks at Zealand would love to give me hugs, um, not quite an accurate replacement. It's yeah, it's not like for like, you know. It's it's, it's not quite like for like. I, no, I definitely. No, no. Well, <laughs> I'm obviously being facetious. Really, it's just about that it, we're giving it a an honest go of it, and it, given it's long distance, that's complicated and difficult, and so. I, I really, it's really important to me to get to see her. And so if I go to Conzealand, it's if I win this. That's pretty much it. Cool. Um, which, yeah. So please vote for me. Uh, I, I really would appreciate all the support. Uh, share the shit out of it on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, you know. Um, yeah. Sounds like a plan. So I guess that's it for looking back moving forward. Uh, obviously we've loved the past nine years of the Skiffy and Fanti show, and we look forward to bringing you more fun content in the 10th year. So, yeah. 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 So, as always, you can find us at skiffyandfanti.com. You can email us, skiffyandfanti at gmail.com. Send us tweets at skiffyandfanti. Uh, we're also on Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash skiffyandfanti. We have a newsletter, skiffyandfanti.com slash newsletter uh we also have a patreon which you probably already know but if you don't you now know it again which is skiffy and Fan- i don't know patreon.com slash skiffy and fanty uh i think that's it yeah and you can leave us reviews on itunes or other places of your choice they don't actually help us apparently but they do because we just feel special when you leave them for us unless they're mean of course and then in which case we don't really feel special we just feel kind of like trash but um we appreciate them anyway yep they do certainly make us feel good about ourselves so yeah exactly <laughs> and i guess that's everything that's it jen we're done oh my goodness Yay! Oh my goodness! Oh my God! Oh! wave your hands like kermit oh! wave your hand. so uh with that we will see you all hopefully next week yep and uh, i will probably wear pants so i'm glad uh, awkward ending and scene
If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. You can also find us on our website, skiffyandfanty.com, and on Twitter at skiffyandfanty. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The music for this episode comes from Sphere by Creo. You can find out more about their music at freemusicarchive.org.